blood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. I see the enemy coming in like a flood in our houses, in our churches, in our families. But what I don't see is the standard. People of God, where's the standard at? We're in a war, y'all. It's time to stand, y'all. The Lord gave the word, and great was the company of them that published it. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Welcome to the Know Your Bible radio broadcast that reaches around the world daily with the good news about Jesus Christ our Lord. I am your host, Bishop Fred A. Carwell Sr. Now lend me your ear, and let's go inside of Know Your Bible and hear God's life-changing word. Welcome to Know Your Bible. Verses 13 and 14 is where we will get started here on today, talking about poverty, sickness, and spiritual damnation. Poverty, sickness, and spiritual damnation. Somebody say, I got the victory. In Galatians chapter 3, and we will read together verses 13 and 14. Let us read. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Can you say redeemed? Redeemed. Bought back. Bought with a price. The blood of Jesus Christ. Here, Paul is laying out before us under the auspices of the Holy Ghost some things that we really need to get deeply embedded into our spirit man because a lot of us, I believe, are operating on a flawed premise. And what I'm talking about, we can no longer remain the same with the same mindset, you know, rising up, talking crazy, speaking against God's revealed word, and expect to walk in divine blessings. At some point, we have to alter our actions. We have to get rid of our ego. Ego, the word sin, in the middle is the alphabet I. I is ego. Ego won't let you humble yourself. Ego won't let you apologize. Ego won't let you make it right with the people that you got it wrong with. That alphabet I is where the devil's kingdom is built. It's called perpendicular aetus. So in order for us to embrace all that Christ has died for, paid for, was buried for, went into hell and got the keys and came back for, rose again the third day for, we're going to have to humble ourselves. Yeah. 
we're going to have to cease walking in pride and competing with one another to try to figure out who's going to be the greatest. <laughs> Humility is the key to promotion. None of us are always right. So in this epistle, it's a pluralistic epistle, which means then that when Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, it was one church. When he wrote to the church at Rome, it was one. When he wrote to Ephesians, it was one. But right here, it's a pluralistic epistle because there were many churches that had a connection in Galatia. And the Galatians were a fickle kind of people. They were just like some of us. Your team lose too many times, you switch teams. The latest drink out there, you got to have it. There was a time when a person would wear torn up blue jeans. You just knew they were poor, but now they're getting out of mentalists with the stuff tore up. And the latest thing that I see the women are wearing, all, both shoulders out. And the rest of the blouse is hanging down almost by the elbow. The Galatians were those kind of people. They were unstable. I'm not calling you unstable because your blouse tore up. I'm just, I, I, I'm just saying we, 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 it looked like we just got to have the latest thing. We, we've got to have that. And whatever it takes to get it, it looked like that's what we do. So many other things were going on with the churches of Galatia, false teachers, and a whole lot of other things. But Paul here causes us to pause and to think about this man named Jesus, who also is the Christ. And the name Jesus means Jehovah has become our salvation. The name Christ means the Messiah, the messenger from glory, the anointed one and his anointing. That's why oftentimes the question was raised when Jesus was walking the earth, the question was raised, are you the Christ? Are you the messenger that God would send? And the promise was made in Genesis 3.15 after the fall of man. God says, I'm going to send you some help. The seed of the woman would bruise the head of the serpent. He was talking about Christ, the anointed Messiah from glory, the one that God would send to save us. Can't nobody else save us. Nobody. He's the one and only. He's the bright and morning star. He's all the God that we'll ever need. Once saved, always saved. Where we are right now, we need to embrace this truth and inculcate it, uh, apply it to our lives so that we can move on. We need to move on. We don't need to stay babies. We need to embrace our airship. We need to know what Christ has provided for us. And everything that God gives is good and perfect. Christ has redeemed us. From the curse of the law. Even though the law was not given to Gentiles as a system. It was given to the Israelites. God gave it to Moses on top of Mount Sinai to give to the children of Israel. There were proselytes of those that had joined the Jewish nation. But the law 
was given by Moses and grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So Paul says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. The law brought with it a threefold curse. Poverty, sickness, and spiritual damnation. To be redeemed means to be brought or bought back from the slave market of sin. To be lutros is to be bought back and then to be set free. The Lord has set us free to be all that he has ordained and called for us to be. So none of us, not a one of us, should be walking around with your head hanging down, wondering who's loving you. It's time to embrace the power of this gospel. It's time to understand that I've been bought with a price. So therefore, I ought to have an allegiance to the Lord to serve him the balance of my days. Why? Because he saved me. It's amazing that people would spend money to go to a concert, $35, 40 $50, whatever, and put a dime in church. We need to reassess our value system, everybody. We can't be running hound and hare with Jesus on Sunday, but we get the devil the rest of the week. And, oh yeah, after 10 o'clock, the rest of Sunday. At some point, we need to mount up and keep our commitment to Christ. Christ has redeemed us from this threefold curse, poverty, sickness, and spiritual damnation. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. How did he do it? Being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. When Jesus was crucified on Calvary, he was cursed. The wrath of God fell upon him. God killed Jesus. He was smitten of God, Isaiah says. He was smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of his peace is upon us. He brought out of chaos and confusion, he brought peace. Peace with God, and we ought to seek to have peace with one another. And if you're born again, you got peace inside of you. So let me ask you a question. What do you keep letting disturb your peace? Because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. So Christ, in order for him to redeem us, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. And you remember when they put the crown of thorns upon his head and then nailed his hands, nailed his feet, he right there became a curse. That crown of thorns that was placed upon his head was a typical picture of the curse that was put upon the earth at the fall of Adam and Eve. That curse would be lifted during the millennial reign of Christ that would last for 1,000 years. And the plowman will overtake the reaper. So Christ took the curse away 
So that's why you may not like the color of my skin. You can say whatever you want to say. But you can't curse what God can bless. You can talk all that noise, but I know my Bible. I tell you one thing. Blessed are the Lord and highly favored. Washed in the blood of the crucified one. Born again, saved, sanctified, and Holy Ghost filled. Can I get a witness at the church? So you can keep your little racism. You can keep all that stuff. I've been set free. Anybody else in here know what I'm talking about? You got to deal with this stuff according to the Bible, everybody. And your wishful thinking is not going to make it go away. You got to declare who you are. You got to make it known. And what God has done for you, you need to start telling somebody. This ain't about no secret society. We need to tell of the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I've been redeemed by the blood of the crucified one. No other blood could do that. That's why he had the blood in his own vein. We've been purchased with the blood of God. That's what Jesus had in his vein. And that blood came from glory. It didn't come from his mama Mary. It was sealed in him. And that seed was put in Mary's womb. And when the seed was put in there, everything needed in the seed. Oh, now. Come on. Come on, everybody. I'm trying to stand flat-footed and just give it to you. Because I'm subject to run around this auditorium. That would be a miracle. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be a miracle right there. So as you see me running, don't even ask no questions. Just get behind me. <laughs> so say these words. I've been redeemed by the crucified one. Now, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. That's when the curse was put on Jesus and the curse in the future will be lifted from the earth, but not yet. That's why you got bugs eating your flowers and all the rest of this stuff because the curse is still on the earth. But look how God did this thing. When you accepted Jesus, he blessed you and you walking on the curse. In this world, we ought to want something. We ought to have something. And this old insidious mindset that if you want something, is something wrong with you. No, if you don't want something, is something wrong with you. I was talking to a gentleman in this sanctuary last week, and he was talking about poverty and talking about, well, you know, preachers always want to talk about money, and we need to get away from that. I said, man, you half crazy. You got to be half crazy. You don't want to talk about money. And people are running bumper to bumper on Monday morning on their way to try to get some of it. So until the believer understands what God's will and desire and purpose for your life is, then you're going to always be in a space that's a fantasy land and not knowing what Christ has really accomplished for you. It's crazy to fight against money. As a matter of fact, Jesus put it like this. He said, make friends with those that have mammon. Am I right about it? So ain't no need of you getting all mad because somebody driving a car that you're not capable or able at this point to drive. We need to make friends with those that have money. And so God is not anti-money. So the curse of the law, let me do verse 14, then we're going to move on and talk about poverty. Poverty is not your friend. 
Okay? Poverty is not your friend. You cannot make it in this world. Listen, if you are not 95 years old, then that ought to tell me, thank you, Sarah, that ought to, that ought to tell you that until you're 95, you're going to need money. You're going to need money. That's why it makes no sense to be of this age, young adult, and blowing all of it. What are you thinking? You got to have money. In the place that the Lord has allowed you to go and make it, you ought to be grateful instead of bad-mouthing the place. It's just too much ingratitude in days like these. And people cannot be comfortable and content because they always got to have something bigger and better than their neighbor. We need to learn to be content with such things as we have. And when you move on up, make sure you can afford to stay up when you get up. You don't know what the Jones is doing over there. They might be over there producing methamphetamine in the kitchen. You try to keep up with the Joneses, I, I, I'm, I'm here to tell you, you, you just may not end up quite where you need to be. Or you might have a cell next to them. So Christ redeemed us, say that back to me, Christ redeemed me and us from the curse of the law. I've been redeemed. Now notice this, in verse 14, very powerful. Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham, listen to this, might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. Whatever God is doing for you and me, he's doing it through Jesus Christ. You ain't that good to get it on your own. So whatever God is doing for us, he's doing it through his son Jesus. Now this is what's amazing right here. He makes his son to shine on the just and on the unjust. And the reason God is good to sinners is because he's trying to lead them to repentance. But those of us who know God, not that this is God, but you know him as your father. To know him as your father means your father knows best. And father is going to provide for you whatever you need. So quit going to God like you don't know him. He is Abba. Father, and his desire is to meet every need, no matter how great and no matter how small. And I tell you something else, your father will never turn his back on you. Oh, man, come on now. God will lead you even into the deep places of life, and he promised to never leave us. Now, let me, let me, wow, let me move on. Okay, verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. Now Abraham came out of Shem. Out of Shem comes the Jews. Abraham in another place is called a Hebrew. A Hebrew is one who crossed over the Euphrates River. Abraham crossed over when he was called out of Ur of the Chaldees. Abraham was communicated with by the Lord when in those days nobody was seeking after God. So God told Abraham to get up out of, out of this place, leave here, and I'm going to show you a place you need to get into. What was that place? It was the land of Canaan. It was the land of Canaan. Now notice this. Abraham didn't speak with tongues, and Abraham was not a Christian. 
Hmm? You, you do know that, don't you? Wasn't no Christians until after Christ came. So we got Abraham as our father. And, and here Paul is talking about the blessing of Abraham coming upon the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. Well then, don't you want to know what that blessing was? Because Abraham, all things being equal, was not given eternal life. Eternal life was not available. Mm -mm. But Abraham prevailed in his day based upon God's criteria. Because criteria has changed. In Moses' day, you had to keep the law. You had to bring animal sacrifice. In days like these, you know, you don't bring no sacrifice. We the sacrifice. We the sacrifice. And that's why we must not be shy about sacrificing time and money and, and prayers and everything else. We are a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God. Quit complaining about the time you spend in church. Quit complaining. If you come to choir rehearsal on Tuesday, you ain't coming back to Bible study on Wednesday. All that's man-made stupidity. I'm not just talking about the choir. I'm talking about all y'all. All y'all talking about too many days to spend at church. You know what? You ought to be ashamed of yourself. So what is the blessing of Abraham? Look at verse 6, Galatians 3. Even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Righteousness was put on Abraham's account because he believed God. So what's the blessing of Abraham that God has given us through Jesus Christ? The gift of righteousness. Man can never be declared right on his own in the presence of God. So the blessing of Abraham coming upon the Gentiles, and Abraham was not a Gentile, he was, amen, a Shemite, a Semite, but he was not a Gentile. So how did Abraham get righteous in the presence, in the, in the, in the, in the presence of God? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. When you and I believe God, I think it's right here in verse 7, Know ye therefore that they who are of faith, the same are the sons of the children of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify or declare righteous the Gentiles through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham. What? He sure did. How did he do it? In verse 9. Wait a minute. In verse 8. And the scripture. Somebody say the word. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles through faith preached before the gospel unto Abraham saying in thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they who are of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. So how did I get declared righteous? I got declared righteous when I called on Jesus Christ and accepted him as my Lord and Savior. And then God gave me the gift of righteousness. So you may know my past, so what? I'm not the same person. Because if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Can you say I'm new? I'm new. Okay. So the gift, the, 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 the gift is to be declared righteous by faith only. I don't have to speak in tongues to be born again. 
As a matter of fact, I don't even have to be baptized in water to be born again. The thief on the cross didn't come down. We're saved by grace through faith. And the gift of righteousness is given to us for us to be able to stand in the presence of God where we are right now. We have access into this grace wherein we stand. So you quit letting the devil tell you how low down you are and how you never going to amount to anything. Never going to amount to anything. You already something. <laughs> you have to declare and decree and agree. Well, what does the Bible say about you? Now, poverty. That's L-A-C-K. That's lack. Poverty is destitution. Poverty means poor. Well, if all that's going on with you, then why do you say on one hand that you're born again, and on the other hand, you don't like money, you don't want anything better, and so you think you're supposed to be stuck like Chuck right where you are. Your mind needs to change. Your mind needs to change about a lot of things. We should not be living from hand to mouth and God owns everything. At some point, we need to take on the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ tells me that all that he died for, he paid for. Even me. I can't stand the fact that God is up there, the gates made of pearl, walls made of jasper, streets are made of gold. And I'm down here cussing, cussing, cussing riches. Now, now Lord, hit me, hit me one time, lay it on me. And then teach me how to become a good steward. Luke chapter 4. All right, we're moving now. Remind me when we went to Arkansas one time. And man, we planned for that. We were children. I think I was about maybe nine years old. And mother told us we're going to Arkansas. Man, we talked about that. And the day came, we finally all got in the car. And we just riding down there. And then mother said, we in Arkansas. And it looked around. <laughs> looked around. The trees looked the same. But we was in another place. I ain't got no help in here. You See, when you got born again, you looked the same. But you're in another place. Y'all get out. Get out and take your neighbor with you. You look the same, but you're in another place. You're in a broad place. You're in a prosperous place. You're in a, you're in a large place. Your daddy made all that out there. And he lives in you. Are you in Luke's gospel chapter 4? All right. Let's look at the remedy for poverty. Because the brother told me the other day, you know, the Bible say, folk always want to quote the Bible to their disadvantage. I want to quote it to my advantage. He said, you know, the Bible say, Jesus said, the poor have ye which you always. I say he sure did, 
Buri ikaw manay. No. My name ain't with the poor. You got to want something. I don't want to be no, so heavenly minded till I ain't no earthly good. I want my money. I want all my bills paid. And since I ain't 95, I, I, I got to keep having it. When you got born again, you received riches untold. And you need to know it. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Let me move on. I, I, I got a man, listen. My heart is overflowing with a good matter. Are you in Luke chapter 4? Look at verses 16 through 21. I'm going to read it. Now listen to this. And Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written because it didn't have chapters and verses like we do. He found the place where it was written. The spirit, this is what he found. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me, listen, to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister, and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. I am the one that Isaiah was talking about. I am the one that Isaiah wrote about. So what does he say? The gospel shall be preached to home, to the poor. Why? So that the poor wouldn't be poor no more. Now some people have tried to spiritualize this poverty thing. You know, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit. He ain't talking about that. <laughs> he said, you need to preach the gospel to the poor so that the poor won't be poor no more. So what's connected to the preaching of the gospel is liberation from poverty. Yeah. And poverty, and I told a young man, do you realize that the cross at Calvary Money is connected to it. Because if we are going to be redeemed from poverty, then somebody has got to take care of that. Somebody. So the gospel, the reason it's called full gospel, is because if he did it back then, he can do it again. So the remedy for the poor is to embrace the gospel of Jesus Christ and it's through that conduit right there that the poor can begin to receive riches. Now, notice what it's not saying. It's not saying that everybody that named the name of Jesus is going to be a millionaire. It didn't say that. I said it didn't say that. But there's a promise, if you believe it, you can be rich. I imagine some 
some somebody probably you know if, if you tie if you tie money to the cross oh man they probably call you know you a sacrilegious nut and all that well if we've been redeemed from poverty then where did it take place it could not have taken place while Jesus was just walking on the earth no more than Michael Jordan can be declared or LeBron James can be declared as the greatest to ever play the game of, of, of uh, basketball by just walking from one end of the court to the other, you know, 65 games, never shooting the ball, just dribbling the ball. That don't count for nothing. <laughs> you may not know nothing about basketball, but until that ball goes through that, Hoop. You just a nobody bouncing a ball. If Jesus just came to save us so that when we die, we can go to heaven, then that don't make no sense to me. And it should not make any sense to you. If he redeemed us from the curse of the law, then what was the curse of the law? The first thing up was poverty. What did Jesus say? that the poor should have the gospel preached unto them so that they can have a better outlook on following Jesus. Because one thing about it, the Lord didn't ask you to follow him for nothing. Give me a scripture where he said, follow me and I give you nothing. It's not here. Let me, let me, let me show it to you. Let's tie the cross to riches. It has to be because the Lord said to make friends with those that have money. No, instead of you understanding that, and it's not that you're connecting the people to get what they have like a spirit of covetousness. We're not talking about that. But you need to respect folk that got what you can't even get right now. Uh-huh. You can talk about my Lexus all you want to. I'm still going to drive it. And I ain't mad at you for driving a Volkswagen. I mean, you know, God is able to meet us where we are, and if you want to stay there, he'll, he'll sit there and babysit you. I, I, you know, I just believe that if I put my faith out there, and if I'm a tither, especially if I'm a tither, it ain't nothing going to be with hell from me. So if I've been redeemed from the curse of the law, and, and the first thing up is poverty, then where was I redeemed at far to not be poor? 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I, I don't wait to hear something out of Atlanta then come preach it to you. God give me revelation right here in Shreesport. Uh-huh, right here in Shreesport. The home of the Pope. Second Corinthians chapter 8. Look at verse 9. Now that third word right there, here in Shreveport, I would have to say, guess about it. Not know it. People think just, you know, if I could just get to church on Sunday, I'm good. Now, get here and get something. For you know, are you guessing about it? You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, when? When he was in glory? 
Yet for your sakes he became poor at that cross, on that cross, that you through his poverty might be rich. Now, you can spiritualize that. So this upcoming Friday, bring me your money. You don't need it. You don't need it. Because you're you just working in to have nothing, right? Yeah, you got to be. You don't believe in riches, so you're just working to have nothing. And you can prove it because you spend it all before Monday. If I've been redeemed from the curse of the law, where did it take place? At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight and now it's in There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus. The power in the blood of Jesus on the cross at Calvary is God's resolution to the redemption of every lost sinner forever. Today is the day of salvation and now is the acceptable time because tomorrow is not promised. So believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in your house. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. Jesus said, come. The Father says, come. The Holy Spirit says, come. And I say, come. You need to come now. Now the question is, when will Jesus return? I was the chiefest of sinners, Paul says, and so say I. I called upon Jesus over 46 years ago and he answered me, came into my heart and brought with him the gift of eternal life. And he'll do the same for you if you call. the trouble all over the world. I'm telling every man, woman, boy, and girl is coming soon. Say these words to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I believe you are Lord. Come into my heart. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I accept you now, Lord, as my personal Lord and Savior. If you say those words, and if you mean those words, they are recorded in the 10th chapter of the book of Romans, verse 9 through 13. Welcome to the household of faith. Much, much love to you. Hello, this is Bishop Carwell, and this is the Know Your Bible radio broadcast. The world needs Jesus now more than ever before. And you can help us to reach the world for Jesus Christ. I ask for you to pray for what the Lord will have you to do as it relates to financial support toward Know Your Bible. And then send your gifts of love to Know Your Bible, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. That's the Know Your Bible radio broadcast, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. We also welcome your prayer requests and your praise reports. So until we meet again right here on Know Your Bible, you pray for me and I'll be praying for you. And guess what? We'll all be prayed for. Much, much love to you.